The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to explore the potential of live commerce on television for e-commerce brands. Joining us is Ronald C. Pruitt Jr., who is the managing partner at the Boston Associates, which is a holding company focused on acquiring and growing category-defining premium consumer brands and companies in select markets. Built upon a proud heritage of advertising equity and enterprise globally, the Boston Associates partner with principled investors and passionate management to create long-lasting value. Yesterday, Ron and I talked about whether live commerce will be imported from China, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about live commerce strategies for brands and influencers. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Ronald C. Pruitt Jr., the managing partner at the Boston Associates. Ronald, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. I really love this topic. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you back on the show and continue the chat. Yesterday, we talked about what's been happening starting in China with live commerce. There's a deeper integration between the content people consume, the payment apps, their ability to communicate, and then buy products. And we're starting to see that make its way over here stateside. And in the United States, we're seeing brands like Amazon and Walmart and Twitter and Facebook, all sorts of different types of these platforms start to try to toy around with how to make the connection between what you're watching for entertainment and what products you buy. So one of the things that I find the most interesting is that brands are starting to appear as influencers and influencers are starting to appear as brands. And I happen to work in the influencer content creation medium, so I am specifically interested in trying to figure out what influencers can do to be brands and sell products to continue to monetize. So how do I take the sixty to 90,000 downloads on the MarTech podcast, spin it into a video series, and start <laughs> hawking some products? Well, I think that we hear quite a lot about the success stories, the Ryan Reynolds the liquor sales, particularly, or George Clooney. Sure, start off as a movie star. Great first step. <laughs> I was going to say that was what my advice would be. I think that having worked a lot with different celebrities of all shapes and sizes, very few are actually able to parlay that into commerce success. So I try to break down markets into the content 
the commerce potential and the community. The community is absolutely critical. And the fourth C is being a celebrity, which does help, but not as often as one would think. Let's go through those C's again, because I feel like that's going to be an important part of this conversation. There is content. Content, a lot of the media companies, right? So we have the big media companies, the sort of traditional players, Uh but their culture is really built around content. They're the ones in con this week trying to sell more programming. So can you create something entertaining? Content. Content. Very critical. And then you have commerce. So now you have a commerce player like an Amazon. Amazon has been very successfully through hardware and software moving towards content. In the middle is community. So the functionality that Amazon first presented is now commoditized. And I'd argue with all the content out there, it's another heavily commoditized market. You really need to differentiate yourself to stand out. And one thing that really helps you to stand out and ultimately sell more product, if that's your goal, and there are different ways of judging that, it's to have a community. You've built a community yourself of loyal followers and listeners. And that really is the holy grail because that's the glue that pulls all of it together. Celebrities are often talked about in our society and social media has driven a lot of that. But there are relatively few who have turned their personal brand into broader mass success. It's proven to be much more difficult. I feel like I would flip it. First, can you gain awareness? Can you start to build an audience? Do people know who you are? That's celebrity. Then can you turn that content into a group of enthusiasts? Can you build your community? And then at the end with a community, can you get those community to start buying some products? Can you actually do commerce? Am I thinking about the wrong way? It feels like there's kind of a natural order there. There are many paths to success, but normally if you are a personal brand, it's often that you represent a category and brands are built through categories. Very difficult to just say, hey, I'm a new brand and I'm on this particular product or service this week. Often, back to your earlier question, who will the winners be and the players? Content companies traditionally have a hard time being in the commerce business. Disney is a rarity with Marvel and others where they've migrated very successfully, but many others, like a Comcast, not successful. At the same time, you'll have commerce companies like Amazon who have actually had a hard time really moving more towards the content side. It's difficult to do that in conjunction with building a community. So there's no secret formula and there's no specific path. You have to have all three combined in order to be successful. And then you've got the community companies, the social networks, who have not been great at creating their own content and haven't been great at e-commerce. So give me the secret playbook here. As somebody who has a a little bit of an audience or for everybody else that's listening who wants to become an influencer, what are some of the ways that they can use live commerce strategies to basically become their own monetizable brand? Well, a lot of it does get down to what I call the three S's. It is important whether or not you're a celebrity to differentiate yourself usually in a category. And you can become a star in doing that. Stars need to be good at storytelling. And at the end of the day, everything we do has to have some kind of humanity baked into it, even if it's AI driven in today's parlance, you have to be on the right platform in order to drive sales. So I think understanding your audience, being known as a category owner where your community is built out are really fundamental if you want to get to that last C, which is commerce. And there are many failed attempts on that path. All right. So we went through the four C's. What were the three S's? Stars, storytelling. And sales. There you go. Three things that you have to be good at. You have to have some star power. You have to be able to tell the story and sell. 
Exactly. And this is where I think just live commerce itself has fallen flat, particularly in North America, where you can be an influencer or a micro-influencer, and there are a lot of terms. Let's just call them stars. Individuals are critical into moving products, but you have to be able to tell a story because it gets back to what we talked about earlier, and that's entertainment commerce. Without the entertainment part, it is just a commoditized sales process. Many can do that. You can go onto Amazon and buy a thousand of whatever SKU it is that you're searching for. But you really have to be able to tell a great story, which then drives towards sales. And that's where the holy grail of QVC and HSN and why everyone sort of references them is because for decades now, they've been able to drive billions of views and many billions more of sales. Really critical to have all the recipe sort of put together. So give me some examples of people here that are stateside that are doing a good job leveraging their influence to start to get into live commerce. I think that you have very few individuals who have been able to build day in and day out successful commerce businesses. You have a number on YouTube, primarily in the beauty category. Many have followings up to 30 million, which they can derive sales from. But actual individuals that have really day in and day out been able to build uh, live and sell other than on the home shopping networks is few and far between. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So tell me about the brand side. If it's not really happening for influencers, what about companies? I think that's where you're going to see the gap being filled by whether it's Walmart, we talked about, or Shopify, where they will enable commerce sales over what is an existing platform. Macy's, Saks is another one that just rolled out their own live shows where they have an assortment of products, they already have followings and transactional audiences where they can transfer that into sales. And that's why I think that the future, while influencers are critical, In North America, I don't think they will be as important as the brands taking control 
of the live commerce streams. And that's why I think there's something like a brand streaming networks that are really developing. And you can see it with the advent of retail media networks. And it's just one small step now to transforming those into traditional sales networks. And very often the stars we know are successful in today's world, whether it's CBS or ABC or Roku, because they're on larger platforms. And I think today a lot of the power will be in the brand's hands to build those next networks. That's where I see a lot of this developing. What I don't understand is brands, take Saks as an example. They sell lots of great products, maybe even things that I'd be interested in. I don't know when I sit down to watch television if I'm going to watch Saks TV. What's the content, what's the experience that brands are going to be able to create that's going to be compelling enough, that's going to grab the sort of entertainment, that five hours on average, where people are watching television? How are they going to carve out part of the time people are spending to consume media? Well, that's the ultimate challenge, isn't it, for every network that is trying to develop unique programming? I think that's where the legacies of the QVCs and others are much admired, because you have to have that entertainment. You have to have the storytelling. And if you look at agencies today, for instance, which a lot of these large brands depend upon, do those agencies have the capability to develop this next generation, whether it's live commerce, live streaming, or even shoppable videos? A traditional video might just be a traditional ad with no real call to action. Anything that is shoppable has to make you or me want to click a button or take some kind of action towards a sale. And that is really an art as much as it is a science. And that's where I think a lot of these brands are going to have to develop either internally, including with new metrics, or through third parties like agencies to develop that core set of skills. If not, they're literally leaving it to the networks to try to solve for them. And they'll be back in the same issue, which I think has faced many more recently. Do we just give that away to a Facebook or maybe now a Twitter or the large networks or an Amazon to solve for us? And I think increasingly in the future now with technology, the answer will be no. They'll want to take more control back and direct their own programming, which really is originally how a lot of the radio and TV shows developed in the first place. They were brought to you by or sponsored by and they made compelling content, which then built communities and then led to commerce. And I think we're seeing the same evolution play out. That's the last question I have for you is, as the space continues to evolve, as we see brands starting to be content creators, as we see influencers starting to try to turn themselves into brands, what are the resources that you rely on to follow this trend? Where are places people can go to learn more about it? I do follow a number of North American and European-centric publications, which I think is critical. Could be eMarketer, Digiday, New York Times. There's plenty of incoming sources like that. From a category standpoint, I tend to follow fashion and beauty, not because I'm necessarily in those industries, but I have found that players in those verticals tend to be a year or two of the general industry trends. They test things earlier. So I would try to follow those industries to see what they're doing. There's Vogue Business and other great publications like that that you can sign up for free in many cases to follow those. But I also try to closely monitor what's going on in China and to really see what those platforms are doing, what is successful in the rest of Southeast Asia. Because let's face it, they're nearly eight to 10 years ahead in the live commerce space, whether it's through Taobao, Tmall, and other platforms there. 
I think one would benefit from really watching how those platforms have evolved and how you can really import, again, some of those capabilities here in other markets. It's interesting to hear that if you want to learn more about what's happening in television and its overlap with commerce in the United States, just look east. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ronald C. Pruitt Jr., Managing Partner at the Boston Associates. If you'd like to get in touch with Ronald, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Ronald C. Pruitt Jr. That's R-O-N-A-L-D, the letter C, P-R-U-E-T-T-J-R. Or you could visit his company's website, which is bostonassociates.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you could even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.